Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP Radio. Well, hello, my fellow DDPY warriors. Can you hear me okay, Crystal? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, I was just double-checking because my my new cord, I got a brand new cord here to hopefully make things sound a little bit better. And to be honest with you, um, I thought I had a couple more minutes to chew that bite that I just ate as the intro was playing. And that's the level of uh, professionalism you get here over at GDP Radio <laughs> as I'm literally chewing on the microphone. So congratulations. <laughs> that's what you get for, for tonight. But it's another episode of GDP Radio Live. I'm Mike Mullins broadcasting live from the GDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. And as soon as I finish chewing my meal, I will be climbing up to the top of that top of top top chippity top of that top top of that building and I will be looking to the great white north where Crystal has enough ice and snow to make frozen margaritas for the entire country of Mexico. <laughs> so uh Crystal if you want to send some of that little salt shake a little lick of lime and uh we'll we'll have a party. But uh with my co host as usual, the one and only the Canadian Quote master herself, the Royal Mounted Police, number one suspect and number one most wanted, <laughs> Crystal Stewart. How are you? Oh, these are getting better every week, I swear. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, I'm good. I, I, I'm cold. I, I, that's what I hear. I hear you guys got some good snow up there, so uh, feel free to keep it uh, your way. Gee, um, is um, a little chilly, little chilly, a little chilly. Yeah, that's that's typically the case from what I hear. Um, I Minus apologize. 15. I just I was uh, hadn't really eaten much, and we were getting near showtime, and I grabbed one of those you know bars, those uh, fiber bar things, and I like tried to scarf it down, and then I underestimated how chewy those things are. So by the time the <laughs> intro rolled. I'm trying to force it down, but I did that for you, Crystal, and I did that for our guests, and I did that for all of the listeners of DDP Radio, because if Mike Mullins hadn't eaten, I probably would have told you all off and hung up on you out of a a fit of hanger, because I have a a level (laughs) of hanger where I get grumpy, 
then I get a level of anger when I get angry, and then I have a level of anger where I get murdery. <laughs> so we were we were we were uh, we were on the fence there. But I'm good now. I'm I'm fed. I'm feeling good. Having a good night Wednesday night DDT Radio. Uh, and apparently the rumors that have been floating around the DDT Radio Megaplex is that Crystal Stewart landed us another great guest tonight on DDP Radio. So that's I been did. the talk at the water coolers. Let's uh, let's see if we can get some confirmation from the Canadian quote master herself. It is a great guest tonight, and I'm so excited to talk to her. Um, so Candy was um, the winner of the Unstoppable Challenge, so we have lots to talk about. Um, you know, <laughs> She has an incredible story, and I was watching one of her video packages that the team put together, and it was from the very, very beginning that she started on her journey, and I, it's just stuck in my brain. She was starting the program, and she was working out, and she was videotaping it, and I just, I looked at her, and she said to the words, I can't, and Wow, where she's come from that moment to where she is now is incredible. She has such an incredible story, and I can't, can't wait to talk to her. Well, without any further ado, our guest uh, tonight, Candy Herndon. Is that how you pronounce the name? It's Herndon, but it's okay. DDP gets it wrong all the time, too. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Well, Candy, No, don't be. It's totally fine. Thank you. I'm so glad you had that fiber bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust me, it would have been it would have been a bad news. <laughs> uh, no, well, thank you. Thank you for coming on with us tonight, and, and we're so glad to have you. I had a lot of, uh, of feedback and uh, heard uh, some great things about your story. And, you know, what we like to do here on GDP Radio is kind of uh, just – we introduce ourselves to each other, get to know each other on the air, and with uh, every great story, there's a beginning, there's an origin story. What uh, made you take the plunge to start looking at the DDPY, and what made you uh, decide to uh, kind of start this journey? And obviously, it's you've gotten some great results in doing so, but we like to bring it back to step one. What was the catalyst? What was the uh, origin story that made Candy take the jump? Thank you both for having me on. I really do appreciate that. Um, For me, it started actually by getting laid off from work because of COVID. Um, I was working, like before COVID, I was basically in a really bad depression for a while. Um, Like my mother passed away five, she had taken her own life five years ago. And up until that point, she had been an alcoholic and addicted to prescription pills. So we had, you know, like I tried very hard to help her multiple times over the years and it got to a point where I just couldn't, there was not much more I could do. And we had kind of become estranged and then she had taken her own life. And that affected me so badly for like the five years after um, that I was just basically a shell of myself, excuse me. And so I had gotten into such a bad depression where I didn't really want to wake up every day. Like I'd gotten to that point um, where I just waking up every day kind of felt like a punishment. And I had an amazing 
husband, like I love my husband. So he's just one of the best, most supportive people on the planet. I have a great uh, brother and father who I love dearly, but they just wasn't enough to keep me like grounded basically because I was just so stuck in my head. So I had gotten, I had found out I was, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2019. And I was like kind of the wake up call for me that told me like, you know, you want to live, you don't want to, you know, not wake up. And you know what I mean? It was just kind of like one of these, like, it was almost like waking out of a horrible nightmare. So I knew that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to live, but I just didn't know how to move forward. And so after six weeks of radiation I had for, um, for the breast cancer, it was the beginning of, of 2020 and COVID had just hit and I lost my job. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, it took three weeks to get unemployment uh, sorted out and everything else. And, um, and in that time, I had actually started to eat better um, because of COVID, funny enough, because we didn't know how the um, virus had transmitted. So I was scared to, like, get any fast food. And I was eating fast food seven days a week at that point um, and, like, sweets and potato chips and all kinds of just, you know, um, just any kind of snack food, basically, like all day long, I was basically binge eating, uh, eating my emotions, essentially. So once we figured, you know, once we started to get like nervous about the transmission of the virus, I actually, we started cooking food at home. And it started me into the idea of like, well, I could actually make healthier food that tastes better at home. And so between that, and starting to just move around more, I had lost 15 pounds by the end of March when I did get laid off from work. And after I figured out my unemployment, it was almost, it was about like the middle of April. And I was like, well, you know, maybe it's time to figure out what to do about, you know, my situation. I was in a lot of pain and uh, because I have Hashimoto's disease and it causes a lot of joint pain. And on top of that, I have an L4 herniated disc in my lower back and disc degeneration. So I had sciatica constantly. So, I mean, I was at the point where I couldn't even, like, kneel down on the floor if, like, my dog's ball rolled under the couch. Like, I just could not do much. And when I, we would, me and my husband were trying to, like, take walks on Saturdays to, you know, break up the monotony, um, I would get maybe to like, you know, maybe like four or five blocks before my back started to get so bad that I would just be like, we have to go back home. So I realized with all the pain that, you know, maybe I needed to redo physical therapy again. I had done physical therapy eight years prior because my back was really bad then to the point where I ended up going to the hospital and I needed to get like a shot in my back to decrease the swelling in my spine. So I was thinking, and, and so after that, I had done physical therapy and it helped me a lot. But of course, you know, like, like, like most of us do, we just kind of let it go and then it all came back. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just try physical therapy again. But because of COVID, there were no doctors seeing patients. So I figured, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll look up some physical therapy exercises online. And then I came across the Arthur Borman video by just like jumping through videos on YouTube, you know, you go down those rabbit holes. Well, this was like a good rabbit hole. I went down and I found the Arthur Borman video and I watched it and I had tears in my eyes at the end because I was thinking like, this could be, this could be the thing. Like this guy was in way worse shape than I am right now. And look where he is at the end. He's running, you know? Um, so I said, well, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll look into this. And so I went to the DDPY site and I started reading some things. And I said, you know, this sounds pretty promising, but, like, I can't do yoga because, you know, the name is in there. And, of course, Dallas will kill me for saying the word yoga, but it's 
on the site. So I'm thinking, like, I don't know if I can do this. But seeing Arthur really inspired me to give it a shot. So I started looking around the site, and that's how I came across the Positively Unstoppable contest. And I was like, you know, this is a six-month contest, and I know how I am. Like, if I put my if, – if I see that there's, like, a contest, I get a little ambitious with, like – being kind of competitive, maybe I'll stick with it. And if I can stick with a six-month routine, it'll build a routine that will stick with me as a lifestyle and I can move forward with it. Because I've never stuck with anything for more than like a few weeks or even like maybe like two months top. So I thought, you know, this, this could be the thing. But it still took me two weeks to really make the decision because I was just – I had no faith in myself. Like I didn't believe I could do it. So on April 30th, at like 11 o'clock at night, which is like the zero hour of when this challenge, like the deadline for the challenge was, I signed up and I said, I'm going to really give it my all. So I'm just going to, I'm going to throw myself into it. And so I got on the scale that first day and I was 237.4 pounds and I just shook my head. I was like, all right, you know, I, I know I got a few pounds off, but I was assuming it was water weight because again, like the Hashimoto's with, um, with the endocrinologist I had seen the two different ones in the past, they both told me that weight loss was like near to impossible with Hashimoto's because your metabolism slows and it just makes it really hard to lose the weight. So they both had suggested weight loss surgery. So I had went to a bariatric clinic like eight years ago, told them, you know, the whole situation. I also had sleep apnea at the time um, on top of everything else. And they said, okay, well, your insurance won't cover it because you're not heavy enough. So the, it's crazy, but the doctor goes, well, you might want to consider gaining like 30 pounds. That'll put you over 300, and then your insurance will cover it. And I was thinking, I'm here to lose weight, not gain weight, you know? So wow. I totally just walked out of there. I was like, forget it. And I kind of gave up. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't in, I was depressed because I knew I, like, the weight wasn't going to ever come off. That's how I had thought about it in my mind. But the following year, or the following years, rather, once my mother had passed, that's when the depression really just, like, went spiral downward. And so I had given up completely on the whole idea of weight loss or even just being happy at that point. And then I so, – so, you know, th- go, going into this whole DDPY journey, for me, was more of how do I physically get into – like, just how do I improve my quality of life, essentially? And so that's why I even took the plunge to begin with, because I was just like, I need to be able to walk outside. I need to be able to crouch down to like, you know, get something off the floor. Like, it's just crazy that I wasn't able to do that. So um, so after a month of doing the DPY five days a week, because like, like there are people that are like warriors, they go seven full days a week. They just, they, they, you know, they're on the no stop, you know, no days off rather, I should say. I just couldn't do that because with the Hashimoto's, again, it's like it causes a lot of fatigue. So I thought to myself, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do – I wasn't even sure if I could stick with this just because of how tired I felt all the time. Little did I know that a lot of this was really the weight on me. And I guess just the lack of motivation from being so depressed for so long. So I said to myself, like, all right, you entered this challenge you're starting this journey, you want to feel better, give it a solid month of doing everything right. Basically like what I call my George Costanza theory, because it's like on Seinfeld, I'm not sure if you guys are Seinfeld fans, but if you know, there was an episode where he said he was going to do everything the opposite because nothing he was doing was working in his life. 
And then, like, things yep. started to go right. So I basically <laughs> said, I'm going to do everything opposite because, like, nothing I'm doing is working. Like, eating fast food seven days a week is not the way to go. So I said, all right, I'm going to do everything opposite. I'm going to give this a full month of doing everything completely differently like I, than I was doing. And so every day I got up and I – got on the mat five days a week. I did that. And on the weekends, I started taking walks as, as much as I could handle with my husband. And I started eating better. And at the end of the month, I got on the scale and I, would, I was down 15 pounds. And I was hmm. like, holy crap, this is the real deal. Like, this is, this is, this is serious, you know? And, um, and on top of that, the pain was down 50% from where I was in the beginning of the month. Cause when I started wow. and I tried to do just, a, just a cannonball pose, I couldn't do it. Like I remember writing in the DDPY positively unstoppable group for last year. Um, I remember saying, Hey guys, does anybody have any modifications for the cannonball pose? Cause like my back is my, my lower spine was so painful that I couldn't even do that. And people were just like, do what you can. And so that's what I did. I rolled to the side to make it work just so I wasn't on that disc on the back and so by about three weeks in I was able to do it the cannonball pose normally and I was like all right you know I couldn't pull my knees all the way in but I was like able to actually press on that back and it not kill me so at the end of that month though it was like my knees were starting to feel better my back was starting to feel better and I was like all right this is this is for real and so the following month I started adding intermittent fasting in and that was just like a game changer for me because, you know, even in that month that I started doing everything right, I was still like having those kind of cravings for things. But once I added the intermittent fasting in, for me, it like took the binge eating completely out of like, out of, it basically like got rid of that. And that was a huge problem for me as well. I don't know if it was, I guess it was more emotional eating, but it was also just like when I would eat, I would just eat a lot. And when I did the intermittent fasting, it was kind of like I had a set time and a set um, basically menu of what I was going to eat, and it worked so well for me. So I added that in, and then that month I lost 12 pounds. And I was just like, I can't even believe this. Like, this was like, you know, I'm down 27 pounds in two months. It was nuts. And then it just kept going like that. The following month it was like another 15. The following was like another 10. The following was another 15. And at the end of six months, I was down 82.6 pounds. And I, and I was just, I mean, I was floored by just the, 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 just the reflection of myself in the mirror because before all of this, like I was just, I just, I mean, I hate, it's hard to even say, but like, I hated myself. Like I hated my reflection. Like when I had to just do my hair in the mirror or just get dressed, it was a challenge for me because I didn't like the person I saw looking back at me. So once I started, and it wasn't all weight related, it was just, it was all, a lot of it was just like being disgusted with how far I'd let things go. Um, because I knew I had all these problems and they kept just, you know, they kept just like piling up and I was just like, all right, I'll deal with things eventually. But once, you know, like my mother passed, it was just like, whatever, I don't care anymore. And then that's when things just really snowballed. So I didn't like seeing myself because I didn't like seeing what I'd let myself become. But after six months of doing this, and with, and I got to say, like, Dallas's positivity, it kind of, it's infectious. It kind of seeps out mm-hmm. of the TV somehow at you. Watching, like, there's that video that, Crystal, you were talking about 
um, after that uh, of me speaking, oh, I think you were talking about the exercise video, but the video that's in that same package of me, like kind of like with tears in my eyes in the beginning. Yep. That was after I watched yep. the week one guide. And I was so touched by the way Dallas spoke to you that I actually had, I felt like I had hope for the first time in years. And I started like, I teared up and I was like, I better, I was like, you know, I don't really want to film myself because I was really ratchet. My hair was all over the place. Everything was crazy. But I was just like, let me just film it because, you know, people need to see that it's like, you could be at the worst point of your life. And I was hoping I would come out of that. And luckily I did. And so you know, at the end of six months, it was like, what was really funny too, though, is that my challenge ended on October 30th. So my video was due on the 31st. So it was like a mad dash to get everything done in time. But luckily it all worked out. (laughs) (laughs) I would say it worked out. That's beautiful. And oh, wow. That's, I I mean, there's so much there. I don't even know where to start. That was, that's such an amazing, amazing story. Oh, first off, let me just say my condolences your loss that's it's incredibly incredibly hard i uh i had a good friend of mine um who lost his father years ago and they were fine their whole lives in the last few uh days of his life they got into a big argument and it was never settled and that does a lot of hurt to people when you leave those things on the table and 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 you know it's not your fault and you know that you know but there it does it really kind of takes you to a place and I'm really, really excited to hear how well you kind of pulled it together. Because with the pandemic and everything, it's a great chance to just stuff stew. Um, and you seem to have taken that into another direction and, and kind of used it to propel yourself. It might have taken a little while, but that's an incredibly, uh, incredible thing to do with that pain. Yeah, what was kind of what what was really hard with my mother particularly was that she had tried to call me like a week before um she passed and I didn't answer the phone because I just couldn't really deal with much more. Um we had gotten into a pretty big fight about maybe like 6 or so months beforehand and you know and it's and it's like kind of hard to talk about but it's just like this is reality. You know, she 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 was kind of she was either drunk or on prescription pills and she had said to me in a joking manner that she had shot heroin up while she was pregnant with me and I oh. said why would you even say that to me like why what was what, what possessing you said she's like oh, I just thought you'd like to know and I just and I unloaded on her like that was probably one of the worst you know yelling arguments I've ever had and I just like unloaded and then hung up and that was the last time I spoke to her and then she tried to call me like a week before she took her life and I'm not sure what she was going to say. And who knows, really, if anything I could have said would have affected it or made it even worse. But for five years, I had so much shame and guilt, like guilt from not being there for her, shame for feeling like people would think, like, wow, you let your mother, like, you know, you know basically you know, take her own life without, because you weren't there for her and all this kind of stuff. Because, you know, like people look at, like, mother, it, there's a saying, like, mother is God in the eyes of a child. And she was to me at, at one time. And it was just, you know, seeing her downfall, it, it was hard. So for me, it was a lot of shame and, and guilt. But I got to say, one, the, the craziest thing for me that came out of this whole challenge and the most positive was when we went to Georgia um, in December, 
we, you know, there was one day where we went to the PC and we like, we had, there was this photo shoot and we'll get into that. I'm sure. But like, there was the point where DEP had me up on stage and he was interviewing me and it was in front of a bunch of people, including, um, you know, the other winners and our spouses. And I was telling the story and I remember just having this weird feeling. And when I walked out, I looked at my husband and I said, I feel like I just lost another like 80 pounds or something. And he says, what do you mean? And I go, I feel so much lighter. Like it was like telling my story in front of all these people lifted this baggage off of me that I, I mean, I never expected to get that from going down. I never get to expected any of this from the challenge. Like for me, it was just like, I need to like be able to, you know, you know, have improved my quality of life and physically be able to move around. I never expected to have like, you know, 30 years of baggage basically taken off my shoulders and that's what happened. And so for me, this was even more amazing than just like the weight loss, the pain reduction, anything. This was like mentally a huge positive move forward that I never expected. That's amazing. They always I mean, say the, like, uh, yeah. the heaviest. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, no, it's okay. I was just going to say that like, you know, Dallas is just so genuine. And when he speaks, when he was speaking to me on stage, I was just like saying, all I was saying things that I didn't normally, like, it's hard to talk about kind of like family secret kind of stuff. And my mother was like a master manipulator as, you know, as much as I hate to say it, but she was, she very much manipulated me when I was a kid to keep things in and not tell our, like, you know, basically air our dirty laundry and stuff. So for years, I never spoke about stuff. Like there are friends I have from high school that just found out in the last five years, like about my family and stuff like that, that were close friends. They just, I just never talked about it. So like saying that, but Dallas, just like the way he, the way he speaks to you, you feel comfortable telling, you know, you know, saying these things out loud. And I, and I'm, I've grown very, very um, close to the other unstoppable four members who I have to give a shout out to um, Justin, Caitlin, and Scotty, they've been, they've become family to me and their spouses have become family to me. They're amazing people. So be, so being there in front of those people and even just the other employees that work for DDP are all super awesome. And then, you know, DD facing DDP talking to him, it was like, I was able to get all of it out. And I think that's what really just was like a lifting moment. Like, and once that package came out um, that they did recently of my story, I, I mean, I watched it and I cried for seven minutes straight. And afterwards, I just felt like, wow, like, it's almost like you feel like everything that you felt in your life was um, basically re- reaffirmed. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you didn't, I don't feel so alone anymore, because people know what I've went through. And it's not like, a, it's not like a point of shame anymore. It's, it's like an over, it's kind of like a tale of overcoming things. Oh. Absolutely. That's, that's amazing. They, um, you know, they say Candy, uh, nothing. Oh, sorry, Crystal. I no, got a wicked go bad delay over here. No, you go. You go. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I know that when, you know, somebody goes through um, a journey kind of like yours, especially when there is a weight loss loss, did you realize how bad you felt when you started to feel really good? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's one thing that was kind of unbelievable. I I didn't realize how much oh, I I kind of blamed everything on the Hashimoto's. Like it was right, kind of like right. oh I you know yeah it's it kind of like oh I feel really sluggish it must be Hashimoto's oh I feel really bloated it must be the Hashimoto's like 
oh, my knees hurt. It must be the Hashimoto's. Meanwhile, the whole time, a lot of this was from the weight. Like the joint pain oh, really? and stuff, they, I get, yeah, I get like flare-ups from the Hashimoto's once in a while. And, I mean, doing one session of DDP yoga, like, completely gets rid of it, um, which is amazing. But I didn't realize how much my joints were being impacted by my weight and inactivity. Um, in the beginning wow. of last year, or I should say the end of 2019, when I was going through six, there was six weeks of radiation, when you got on the radiation, in the radiation machine, you had to lift your arms above your head so that they could get, you know, access, because I had breast cancer. So my, I, the focal point for me was on my right breast. Um, I couldn't lift my arms above my head. So they had to modify the table for me so that I could, they could do it properly. And I was embarrassed. I was like, I, why can't I lift my arms above my head? So I went to a doctor in the beginning of last year, and the guy looked at my joints, and we did an x-ray, and everything looked fine. He was just like, I, this is probably just from being sedentary. And I was thinking, like, really? Well, it turned out it's, that was 100% right because now I'm fine. Like, I can lift my arms above my head. I do diamond cutters all the time, and it's, like, no problem. <laughs> so it was amazing how much being sedentary and, the, and being overweight was affecting me so severely. And to can then come out of that now, I'm like, I, I mean, it's just shocking to me. I was laughing, I had my husband laughing because we do a big Nightmare Before Christmas display um, around Christmas time. And I usually put all the lights up around the bushes in our house. And I would have to sit on the ground to do it before. And this Christmas, I was sitting there squatting down like in catcher, essentially, just putting up these lights for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. And he's looking at me off the roof, and he goes, and he's laughing. And I go, what? And he goes, look at you. And I go, what? What, are you, what? what am I doing? He goes, you're not on the ground. You're sitting there just crouching. He goes, that's amazing. Because you could have never done that last year. And I was like, wow, he's right. Like, it's things that you just don't even realize that, you're, that I'm able to do now is just pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to thank too. this program for it all. Oh, for for sure. And that's the fun stuff, too, is realize, like, when you go along and you realize, you'll catch yourself. You'll look at yourself and be like, oh, my God, what am I doing right now? I couldn't do that. And, you know, they always make these, like, you know, losing weight or, or exercise programs about, you know, the finish line. Oh, this is my goal weight. I hit my goal. But the goal isn't where the fun. The fun is all the stuff around the, along the way where you realize, I did this better. I can do this now. Hey, I did that easier. I'm happier here. I'm you know, that's the fun stuff, and those things happen daily. Yeah, definitely. It was like, every, and even, and I got to say, even the mental aspect of it was the same way. Like, I'm, I've been a super negative, pessimistic person my whole life. I mean, just because of based on the things that have happened. But I haven't even gotten into, like, some of the other things because this is only an hour show. <laughs> so, I mean, I've been through so many different negative, like, tragedies and whatnot that I became just a pessimist. I would think everything's going to go wrong, but you know, between just like the, the, the positivity from the, from the actual program itself and then watching Dallas's living at 90%. I watched that and I was like, I never really thought about the way, thought about the fact that the way that you think about things will affect the outcome because yep. if you already think you're going to fail, that's it. You're already failed. And I always thought that way. Like when I started, that's why it took me two weeks to even sign up for this program because I looked and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this anyway. Like what, why, should, why am I going to bother and waste my time and money? And then I thought to myself, 
how many gym memberships have I wasted? And I'm going to like waste like, you know, the three month subscription to the program. Like, come on, like give it a shot. And that's the only reason I joined. But after watching the 90 living at 90%, I started really thinking about things and approaching things in a better way. Like if something goes wrong, I'm not like, Oh, of course it goes wrong. This is what always happens. It's like, okay, this might not be great, but how can I fix it? And how can I move forward? And I never felt like that before. So just even the the mental part of it has been just such a big positive change in my life. Uh, I relate to that so much too. You, you, the, the, the spin you put on things. And I, when you talked about the 90% video, I, I, I'm so with you on that. I have always this uh, pessimistic side of me. And obviously my sense of humor is more cynical and stuff. And I still have a cynical sense of humor just because uh, that's the way my brain works. And I remember watching that for the first time. And the first time I looked at it, I'm like, I would make fun of myself for watching this two years ago. Like it was, and then I started saying the things that he's doing, saying in there. And I'm thinking to myself, you're such a dork for saying this or for thinking this, but it's working. So, you know, I got on myself too, cause I'm always one of those people that rolls your eyes and anything positive. Like I can strip naked and do somersaults on a stage, but I can't give you an honest, you know, pretty like a, a heartfelt speech for the life of me. You know, it's one of those things, but once those things start connecting, connecting to you and, and really kind of making sense to you, you realize that, you know, sometimes the stuff is, is very Stuart Smalley from SNL and I would never <laughs> be caught dead saying it, but now it's working for me and I don't know how to take it. <laughs> That's so, it's so funny because you sound exactly like me. Like, Oh, I know that we'd be good friends because I'm the same exact way. I watched that the first time. This was like the, maybe the second week I was into it. And I kind of laughed. I was like, no way. I'm good. I could try to think like that. It ain't going to work, though. And I was like, this is just, this is, I was like, this is a great thought, but there's no way I'm going to be able to change my brain. I'm way too cynical, way too pessimistic. It's just not going to work. But then I rewatched it four months in, and that's when it started clicking because I was already starting to think better and more positively. And so I accepted it better. Like it just, I wouldn't accept it before because to me it was just like, no way. That's just impossible. Like I've watched like self-help things and motivational things before. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But for some reason, I, part of it's gotta be because it's Dallas too. Cause I've been a big fan of Dallas since, you know, um, I was a kid. Like I used to watch him come out in WCW and it was like one of the highlight of my, of, of the whole program for me. So to actually, you know, like listen, it's kind of like, listen, it was because it was Dallas, I was starting to accept it more. But when I walked four months, it really hit me because I thought, wow, all right, I'm already starting to think differently. Now I'm realizing what he's saying and how I can go about it. I think behind all the catchphrase. Oh, sorry, Crystal. (laughs) It's okay. I was just saying, I think that's really incredible. It's, it's amazing to me the journey that everyone takes because you can really tell at some point that, you know, people have that little voice that they've been listening to in their mind that, you know, you are your own worst enemy. And it's interesting through the transformation and the effort how much that changes. Yeah, no, and it's funny. I watched I, I watched the Dr. Phil episode one time where he was talking about how you can say, like, you know, 
you know, I, I think it was like a couple hundred words a minute or whatever it is. But in your brain, you can, it's like 50,000 words a minute or something. And so, like, if you have a negative mindset and, you're, and that little voice is talking negatively to you, it's kind of like you have multiple, like, dozens and dozens of people just, like, shouting negative, negativity at yeah. you. And that's why you start to believe it. And for me, that was, like, more – that was so true. I, my little voice just hates me. So it's constantly just like, you know, you're the worst. You're going to fail. Everything you do is, you know, is going to fail. You, you suck as a person. And that's kind of like what I would tell myself over and over. And I, and a lot of my self-worth was tied up in how I was raised by my mother because like, again, not to go back to the horrible childhood stories, but like one of the first things I I can remember my mother telling me was I was about like eight or nine years, probably about nine years old. And she, this was when she first started really heavily drinking. And she had told me that because I didn't know that my mother had a drug problem before I was born. And apparently, I mean, and obviously now I knew that, but at the time she said to me, She's like, you know, when I, when you were a baby, I left you on the beach to go buy drugs. And like, luckily my friend found you and brought you back to the house because like, who knows where you'd be now? And I was nine and I'm thinking, what in the world, if I'm not that, if I'm not important to this woman, who's my mother, then I must not be that important. And it kind of like my brain ran with that as a, as a kid. And, you know, as time went on, she would, See, what, what was bad was, like I said, my mother manipulated me into keeping secrets. So, like, my father didn't even know how bad things were because he worked nights. So he was trying to provide for our family. My mother was going out and drinking, and she'd go to bars and leave me or, um, at home. Well, but not at home. She would just leave me, like, outside of our apartment um, in our building. And I didn't have keys, so I would start just roaming the neighborhood until she came back. And she'd always make it back just before my dad got home. And so um, – you know, I would just kind of roam the neighborhood, like trying to figure out what, like, I'm, you know, nine years old, 10 years old, and it's like 11 o'clock at night. And luckily there was, this is, I feel like how a lot of my food addiction started, or, or at least, you know, putting food and, and, um, and happiness together, essentially. I, there was a donut shop that was around the corner from me, and I knew the people who worked there. So I would go in there and they would give me donuts, basically, for, you know, until my mother got back. And so I started going in there like all the time getting donuts and it kind of like became the happy place. And, and my grandmother had worked there before she passed away. And I think that's why it was like a safe place for me. So I would always just end up there. Um, And then when my, you know, when my, like something had happened and my father found out that she was like leaving me at home and he like flipped out, ended up like putting her into rehab. And after that, you know, 30 days after that, like we, we thought, you know, all right, this is going to take, it didn't she went back to her old ways, but instead she started taking me with her and she would take me to the bar with her. And I'd end up like doing my homework there and like sitting in a bar. Like I sat at the bar so much that the guy that worked there jokingly put a place card there, like with my name on it, like, cause he thought it was funny. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know? So it was just kind of like that kind of mentality though, is me being left alone, me being, um, not me being neglected by her all the time that made me feel like I'm not an important person. And so my, that little voice in my head kept telling me how unimportant I was, how worthless I was. And over the years, it just kind of, it became its own animal. And so I took that into my teenage years and into my twenties and it just kept on, you know, and anything that happened to me, again, going back to living at 90%, I was doing the exact opposite. 
because any little thing that would go wrong, I would say, well, this of course happened to you because you're a terrible person or because you're not worth it. You're unimportant. And that's how it just like manifested itself. So I, I feel like this, this program came into my life at the exact time I needed it. Because like I said, right before I had cancer, I was just, I was basically done. I'd given up on life. And then cancer told, you know, like was the, was the defining moment of like, you do not want to die. Like it was kind of that shock. And so I needed something to get me out of that horrible place I had put myself in for so long. And this, and DEPY was that, it was just an amazing thing. And it's, What's, what's great about it, too, is it's made it so that I can have normal relationships with, like, my family and my husband again. Like, I don't want to be a burden on my husband or my family as far as, like, mentally, you know, me being depressed and whatnot all the time. And it's like, and they know it's not my fault. Um, they know that they don't blame me, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard to cope with someone when you're trying to help them, but they're not accepting the help because they just can't. Like, I mentally wasn't ready to accept the help. So, I think that my relationships have even just gotten so much better just based on, you know, you know, fixing my attitude through the positivity of DDPY. So Wait. I have a weird question. So sorry, Mike. Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, I was that. just wondering how much has the little voice in your head quieted down candy? I think it's gotten to the point where it's very minimal, but there are days because I mean, you can't, um, undo 30 years of thinking a certain way in sure. nine months, but it's sure. gotten to the point now that I can actively fight back against it. It's like, I know that that's just that old way of thinking. And so I can kind of just ignore it and say, you know, you, you know, that's not right. You know, that's just the old, like I, I, in my mind, I'm just like, that is not real. That's that phony voice that just wants you to stay in that horrible place that you've been in for all these years. And you know that there's a better way to be. And that's what I try to do. And, you know, and there's times where it just kind of gets the better of me. Like over the holidays was hard because um, like in 2004, my stepmother had, um, she had brain cancer and she passed away oh. on Christmas. And it was oh, like, corny. you know, yeah. And it was, so that was, so after that, like the holidays, became, and, and my mother, when she did, take her own life it was right before thanksgiving so it was kind of like the holidays became a little bit of a time where it's a little harder to um you know to kind of just celebrate at this point but this was the first year in five years that i actually felt a lot better but when we got to the end of the holidays it got a little weird i started having like a little bit more of that negativity and depression started creeping in but the difference this time because this would happen every holidays obviously like ever since you know my, my stepmother and then my mother passed it's just like the holidays became really hard but this was the first time that I got out of it and I was like I'm not gonna let it take me over because I would just go into months of depression it would just be over you know like I would be it would be like the summer before I was like starting to come out of it but this this time it took like about a week or so of me and I put and I would push through with the DDPY I never missed um a session on the mat but it just, I didn't have that vigor that I had before when I was going through that. But then I had, like, I kind of just rested the following weekend and I just said, you know what? I'm not letting this get the better of me. And that Monday I pushed myself, I got out and I did my, cause I do like a four and a half mile walk pretty much five days a week with the DPY. It kind of clears my head and it, um, you know, it's just like extra cardio. And I, I did it that first Monday and I was like, no, I'm back. I'm good. Like I, I needed that. I needed like, I might've even just needed the week to just like decompress a little bit 
I did some easier DPY workouts, and then that Monday after the holidays, I was back at it again, and I felt good. And I've been really good ever since. Like, I feel so much more I just positive about the way things are going, which, like I said, for me, it's such a change from this time last year. I wish you could see wow. the smile on my face. <laughs> yes. No, that's, that's, that's so beautiful. And, you know, I love, you, you talked about at the beginning of this, you talked about looking in the mirror and, you know, just despising what you saw with, with, DDPY with any fitness program, I mean, I'm sure you've tried other things in the past and you know what, it's not going to stick, you know, unless you get the head right first. And no matter how many exercises, you're still going to have that same problem. I love with DDPY, the most important thing, when I started this back in 2011, 2012, the first thing I needed to do to have any success is start changing my attitude, change the positivity. And we, we talked about this earlier and, once you start changing the voice in your head and you start having a little bit of the momentum, you do, you feel a sense of pride and you start liking yourself better. You feel you're more worth it because the person I was looking in the mirror at at my worst to me wasn't worth it, which is why I never did anything about it. But you build up that self-confidence. You start having those positive, you know, mindsets and you look at the world differently and you realize that you're worth it and you're worth the effort and you're worth the struggle. And all these years later, you know, through all from what you've told me just in our, our, our 45 minutes of talking together, you've had a lot of brutal things happen, you know, one after the other. And you looked at that Arthur video and, you know, that inspired you to start something, inspired, inspired you to make that first jump. And what we love about this show here, what we do about this show is we tell stories. You know, we don't sell a product, we tell stories. And that's enough to inspire someone, whether they buy it or whether they keep going or whatever. And that Arthur story inspired you. And every single person we have on here, somebody relates to something about them. It may not be their entire being, but it's something about them is relatable to somebody out there every time. And to think that maybe, you know, a few months, five months, six months, we may have somebody on here who looked at Candy's video that was on Facebook and was like, oh, she had such a hard life. She thinks, I mean, I see something about myself. I feel like I can do that. And they're inspired by your story and they go and change their lives. And all of the shit that you've been through and all of the shit that you've, you've gone through, you know, it's some kind of, uh, it's a currency because you built up a strength, you built up a victory and you fought against it. And now you're going to be the person who inspires the next generation of people. And I think that's pretty incredible how the story of Arthur has just made is made me, it's made crystals, it's made you candy and then the next generation and the next generation of people to be inspired from it so there is so much value in your strength and your story and overcoming that that is going to be felt for a long time especially with that video being out now and so many people haven't seen it I really appreciate that I mean I I do hope that it does inspire people to not give up on themselves because that's really that's my message to people. It's never too late and you can, and like, there's always a way back. Like there's always a comeback story for everybody. You just have to be willing to go get it. And it's not easy, but if you fight for it, it's going to make it so much more rewarding in the end. When I look at the video, that first video of me, like basically crying because I felt like there was hope for once in my life. I just look at that and I can't even believe that's me. Cause I see it. And it was what I saw in Arthur that connected with me. 
when those first the first video of Arthur that's taken where he's trying to walk, it's you can see yep. the desperation on his face because he's just trying to walk across the room and he's can't he's not even able really to do that. I was just trying to live just in general and I couldn't even really get a grip on doing that. And so for me, it was just like that, that desperation is what connected me to him and said, if he can be running at the end with that look of just pride on his face, like I want that. And I look at that picture of me that I took in Dallas's house at the Christmas party, holding the belt up that, or actually have the belt around my waist doing the diamond card signs, my profile picture on Facebook. And I finally see that pride in my face. And it's like, I would go through everything I've went through again, just, just to be at this moment right now. And I think that's like the most important thing people need to realize. You could have the most crap. It's like Dallas says this to me too. And it's, and it's the truth. The shittiest story you have makes the best, like most rewarding comeback story and victory at the end. And that's like what I feel so good about being at this point in my life right now. And that's what I want to share with everybody. Like I, I, you know, it was funny. I spoke with Dallas, uh, a couple of weeks back and he's like, and, and it was and what's even funnier is that my brother and me had just had the same conversation the night before Dallas said to me, I think you, I think he goes, I'm just spitballing here, but I think you should go into motivational speaking. And the night before my brother had said to me, he's like, I know you want to, you were thinking about physical training, he says, but I think that you really should think about motivational speaking. And I said, well, if the two of you are saying it, and I trust both of you with my heart. I said, I'm going to do it. And that's what I want to do now going forward. I want to do, I'm also going to be certified eventually with EPY because I just think that that's a great thing to have under your belt too. But I'm going to go into motivational speaking because I want people to realize that it's not over. It's not over till it's really over. And it's not over at that. And, and you can, you, you just shouldn't give up because it's like, there's so much possibility out there for people. And I think a lot of people, especially with this COVID and just the negativity in the world at this point, have given up. Oh, absolutely. Well, we have uh, about a few more minutes left here. And I, I real quick, I want to touch on this. So we, hopelessness is a real uh, claustrophobic feeling. There's not a lot of place to go. You know, there's not a lot of room to, you know, spread your wings and move to use a cliche. But when you kind of gather a little hope, you realize that the, the endless possibilities of what hope can bring to you. And with where you've come, where are you going? Like, you've come so far, you've, you've gotten to this point, you, you opened up a world where you realize that you can do things, and you can do what you want, and if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. So where's Candy going? Is there any kind of uh, uh, goals or, or things you want to attempt in the next couple of years? Uh, what are you going to do with all that hope now? Well, I, like I said, I want to do motivational speaking. I really want to start helping people realize their potential because there's so much potential that people just kind of dismiss because they just assume they're going to fail, which is where I was when I started this. Um, aside from that, I want to get certified with DDPY and become an instructor. And I want to see what uh, possibilities me, Caitlin, Justin, Scotty, as the Unstoppable Four have because we want to do – motivational like like motivational seminars possibly we want to inspire people to realize all like because we all come from different walks of life with our own stories i mean justin lost 400 pounds like that is unbelievable so if he can do that he is inspirational to people who think that it's just too late for them and you have caitlin caitlin has autoimmune issues just like i do and that's 
very inspiring to, for people to see somebody that's dealing with a disease that you can't get rid of, but it's still pushing forward. And Scotty is just like an awesome dude who just kind of let his weight get out of control. He is just like a great example of somebody who is just working the program to get stronger and fitter and healthier for their, for their daughter and his beautiful wife. And with me, I'm just like, you know, my story. So that's where I'm trying to motivate people to keep pushing forward. And I think the four of us together are going to try to keep, continue to do something um, cohesively in that fashion. Um, and like, but like for me, I'm going to try to, I'm going to start doing some motivational speaking classes because honestly, I'm not super easy with public speaking. I mean, I think the phone thing is like actually a lot easier. I wish I could do motivational speaking over the phone. I would probably be pretty good at that. <laughs> but once there's, once there's a camera in front of me, I start to get a little nervous. So, um, so I'm going to try to like just break through that and, um, and try to move forward with it because. You know, I was stuck in a, I, I was, I was, I worked for a job that was a great job, but I just like kind of threw myself into it to get out of the depression and like out of my own head. And I would end up working like 15, 16 hours a day and I got nothing in my own life accomplished. And while it's terrible, I'm, you know, it, it's a shame that I've lost this job. It's also opened my eyes to the possibilities out there that I didn't even know were available. And so that's where I, my life is going to take me going forward. That's incredible. Yeah, as a as a professional uh, broadcaster who went to train, you know, went to school and stuff for broadcasting. Let me just tell you that even people who are are outgoing and speak well, uh, public speaking and motivational speaking and broadcasting is a skill set. Even the people who can who aren't shy, there is a skill and there's a procedure and a lot of that in there. So you will get it. You know, it just takes some some practice and stuff, just like anything else. So I wish you luck. Um, you know, it really appreciate is. That. It's a skill set to have. And uh, I appreciate you coming on here and, and talking to us. And I'd like to hear a follow-up at some point. If you want to come back and give us a little bit of an update sometime about you and the uh, Unstoppable Four, which is an awesome superhero <laughs> name, I guess. <laughs> From Stuck to Unstoppable is pretty pretty awesome. So uh, congratulations. And uh, we Thank appreciate you. you coming on here and, and sharing. It just flew by. I was, yeah, no, it totally did. And I would definitely love to come back. And one thing I do have to say, because I promised I would, Jake Order says hi to both of you guys. <laughs> oh, the, J- the Jake World Order. Yeah. Yep. What's up, buddy? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I appreciate it though so much. And, and Crystal, uh, thank you guys so much. It was, it was a hell of a show, a lot of fun. Um, and, I uh, I gotta get I gotta get going because I gotta get up in the morning and I'm gonna have to be stuck to see Garrett tomorrow. So uh, Garrett, I'm going over <laughs> to to meet up with Garrett Sakahara and Scott Hall to get into some shenanigans in Charlotte. So uh, if I don't come back this week, you probably know what happened to me. <laughs> but uh, I ran away with the circus. So uh, yeah, that should be interesting tomorrow. But. <laughs> Uh, I'll let you guys know how that went next week. Um, but thank you guys so much. That was a blast. Uh, thank you. I can't wait to hear an update on your story and, and good luck and continue to keep just moving forward, kicking ass. And uh, I'm sure you'll be back here even further and uh, more successful than before. And uh, the journey doesn't end. You know, it's, it's one of those things you got to keep feeding the beast and keep working hard at it. And uh, from what I understand, you got a lot of, uh, a lot of motivation behind you, a lot of inspiration and you know, you're going to keep going and, do something special in this field. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate it. And uh, Crystal, 
see, yes. Crystal, I, I rely on you every week to give me some great motivational quote to finish the week. But I got to spend the day with Garrett tomorrow, so I'm going to need something a little more special, a little more real and really inspiring, really special from the uh-huh. Canadian quote master to push us forward through that nonsense. So I picked this week's quote because every time I watched Candy's story, I would cry. So <laughs> I, I found this and I just thought it stuck. So here we go. Um, nobody said it was going to be easy, but that's the whole point, isn't it? That's amazing and perfect. I love it. I love it. And can I just put myself over here for a minute? I went the entire episode of having a guest named Candy without singing Iggy Pop's Candy 14 times. So (laughs) I'd like to, I'd like to put myself over and say goodnight DDP radio live next week. Brand new episode of DDP radio. Thank you, Candy. Thank you, Crystal. We will see you guys you. later. Candy, candy, Thank you. candy. candy. Oh, that was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Paige. Oh, 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 diamond Cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond Cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work and, most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio. Life is crazy. Candy, baby. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.